I want what's best for Kanye. To a point. No, I want him to be happy. I, I want yeah, him to I be... Yeah, I want what's best for him, but I feel like I know what's best for him a little bit better than he, he does. does. <laughs> oh, you definitely do. to tragedy or close to those who have have you ever felt the pain so powerful so heavy you collapse no well Hottest 100s and thousands, we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about all of the sky hits that have been hot <laughs> enough to beat in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour of so. Joining me once again, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> Probably worst intro for first time listeners yet. Perhaps. Unless they're Scar enthusiasts, in which case they're like, Bad. welcome horror. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. This is my kind the, of podcast. The dickies are bristling. Like, <laughs> pork pie hats are quiver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Top 40. Hot, hot, hot content coming the fuck through like a volcano scourging through the internet. It's Scar season, bitches. So obviously we're gonna throw to the hottest ska band in town. This is Ben Bolt Five with "Song for the Dumped." Hit it! With song for the dump that's from whatever and ever amen which came out in 1997 but this was released as a single in 1998 loop hole loop holes this is an archetypal benfold song for better and for worse because everyone thinks of benfolds as being like well you're a grown-ass man just having a fucking tanty a lot of the time with a with a <laughs> grand piano in front of you and you know what yeah enough like he was like 20 something when he wrote this but it's so whiny and entitled and all that shit you couldn't release this today because the post works would just be like um thread you guys like <laughs> this is super probo and like I'm gonna cancel Ben Folds imagine please do not support him okay guys imagine trying to pass that even 10 years ago saying the post works um thread and now it's like yeah I know yeah. exactly what that means yeah. but, like, that would be that would be another language 10 years ago I barely understand yeah there you go it's, yeah yeah. I'm not on the you. internet lucky you, ha- you, you haven't man. had to sit through a 23 <laughs> fucking twitter 
Tanty with Beyonce gifts for every second yeah. fucking You're tweet. like one of those, you know, untouched tribes, which <laughs> are in a very good position right now because they don't have to deal with everything else. Hanging around eating yams. Yeah, exactly. Tribes, tribes love yams. You're in the kitchen, yams yeah. everywhere. <laughs> you work, you work on your tight five there. Oh, it's just me. Or the tribes just love yams. <laughs> the tribe called yams. Yeah. Oh, he's on his yam bit again. <laughs> a tribe called yams. <laughs> R.I.P. to yams, by the way. Uh, R.I.P. ASAP, yams. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. ASAP, yams. God damn. This is archetypal of Ben Folds describing themselves as punk rock for sissies. I love this combination of musicians because they are all fantastic individually, but they all work together towards a greater goal. Darren Jesse, Robert Sledge, Ben Folds. You get those three in a room and you are going to get a whole fuck of chaos. Big swinging like jazz drums, shredding electric bass that can also turn into fucking like a wild solo-y fucking thing. And the scope of like an actual piano as opposed to like a like a keyboard or whatever. Like an actual piano where you can get down to the lowest possible ranges. You always wonder why those keys are there. Like the burr, burr, basically brown note level <laughs> keys where you just say, who is using those? Tell you who. Ben Folds. Ben Folds invented that side of the piano so he could hammer the fucker home. It's, I live for this shit, as Vin Diesel once said. It's like how last week when we were speaking about the Whitlams in Melbourne and how if you bring contemporary critiques of masculinity to that song, it kind of reads in a way that is not its intention. And likewise with this, like the idea of like white straight dudes whinging about like their girlfriends and like, you bitch, give me Spec- that. Ba-ba-ba. Specifically, I paid for dinner. I paid for yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, my dude. Yeah, I know, That's so right? fucking yeah. funny. Fuck yeah. off. It's like, hilarious. So like, I just any dude who gets pissed yeah, off yeah. because they bought a girl dinner and then didn't get whatever form of affection they wanted yeah. in return, my dude, yeah, and then they, they get entirely off, off with entirely, like, yeah, yeah, and, 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 and like the, the, I want my money back. It's fun to sing along to, but like I don't like that's singing fucking along fair, to man. It. I get it heaps, yeah, like, I like, and I don't even like listening to it because of that. I, I don't incriminate Ben Folds as a no, dude that's, that's the it, thing because yeah. I think it's possible to write from a point of view of, from a shitty point of view without implicating yourself as holding as a shitty that shitty man. point of view yeah. this is actually a um, point that I've brought up in the past in music conversations in relation to Drake's Hotline Bling mm. if you look at that like he's possessive and being a bit crappy but I don't believe that that is Drake he's just representing an unreasonable state of being where mm. you're you're heartbroken Right? That's essentially what it is. And this is the same thing. It's like, yeah, being heartbroken as a dude makes you a bit shitty. But, like, it's a hard mindset for me to enjoy being in the presence of. Because I just kind of go, my dude. It's just, it's just it's my reaction to this song. It's just my dude. And also because, mm. like, the breakups that I've experienced haven't been ones where I'm done and being like, yeah, fuck you, man. Fuck it all. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, I'm sad. I'm, I'm a sad person. I'm sad. Like, yeah. I'm sad. Like, and yeah. that's, like, and that's fair that you can write this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just somber minor key version. Yeah. That's what we need. Obviously, David, you're right. These people work brilliantly as a trio. They just yeah. they they know how to jam city. And then in the middle, where there's that honky tonk ditty, like they just like have a little groove together. Like, they're all awesome musicians. Oh, all the great things about the Ben Folds Five are on oh, display. Yeah. It's just like smashing the hell yeah. out of those ivories. Yeah, and but having also, a great time. But yeah, you're right. It's just like compared to when we spoke about Melbourne last week, I don't think that that is nearly as like well, yeah, we address the elephant in the room with manic pixie dream girl projection kind of thing like that. But this is. It's a bit Reddit. Like you, you honestly, it's pretty incelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It is. Yeah. Like, yeah. But that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. It's just like it's sad for the song that like 
he's writing it as a character. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, which is very funny. It is. But yeah. then you get to now, and those attitudes have been radicalized by the shitty parts of the internet into being Isn't like, it, like right. dude, if it, if it wasn't tragic and actually have resulted in people being killed by that truck dickhead in Canada and also let alone psychological damages happening to people like that but like we've weaponized not rooting (laughs) as a culture not getting a root has become radicalized it's like, like it's so fucking funny if it wasn't so depressing and miserable yeah yeah Woof, woof, woof. Because, because, like, looking at it not from today's context, you know, as as the character that it was written as, yeah, like, yeah. as a petty man, as a petty <laughs> and bitter, bitter man, songs that are of a really petty character are super fun and very funny. That's that's true. Yeah. Like, it could be it could be great. less. I love songs where the the character of the song is being really finicky about other people in a way that's inappropriate for the style of song. And that's yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously... And don't forget my black T-shirts. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. so petty, yeah. You know, you don't write a breakup song that is, give me back the money I paid for dinner and where's my T-shirt that I left <laughs> at your house. Right. And you yeah. can take away all the since then context. Like, that's very funny. It is, yeah. And it's doing the same kind of thing that the trio are doing genre-wise in taking this kind of cabaret style and turning it into just weird... Punk, punk music, yeah. yeah. Ta- yeah. Ta- taking yeah. the classic jazz trio format of piano, drums, bass, and turning it into punk rock for sissies. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if the, the, you're right, the same thing with the lyrics. Like the breakup song of saying like "fuck you, you bitch." Yeah. I paid for dinner, so give me back the money for dinner. It's, it's funny and petty in a way that the character, like, if you wrote that as a sketch, you could write it as a funny sketch. The problem is not in the song. The problem is that as a culture, we have largely not recognised it as yeah. a petty joke. We've, yeah. It's become a weapon. Yeah. Bethel didn't let us down. We let us down. Yeah. <laughs> I even listened I to this song and thought it was one of the great political songs of the 90s. Oh, up there yes. with rage. <laughs> I think ultimately, like, I when I listened to the song, which I was listening to for the first time in preparation for this, yeah, I hadn't sure, heard that it was, before. I wanted to ask oh, about no, yeah, yeah, I hadn't yeah, heard it before. Nah. And, like, I think I recognised it as a joke and I recognised it as a character, but I just didn't find it enough of a payoff compared to how annoying thinking about that character is. For sure. Do you know what I mean? But your mind yeah. has been irreversibly tainted by the 21st century. Mm. So I'm not going to argue with that statement. He's a mm. 21st century digital boy. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, oh, my, oh, my dude. Oh, my dude. <laughs> my dude. <laughs> the hush has come across the room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have talked about a lot of iconic <laughs> singers and performers... Throughout history, uh, uh, people... and Muppets. Yeah, <laughs> remember Muppets? We talked about the Muppets. We did just... talk about the Muppets. That's important. We, uh, <laughs> it's strong to recognise. Yeah. Yes. Like everyone from Dame Shirley Bassey to John Lee Hooker to Sir Nick Tom Cave. Jones, Tom Sir, Jones, Sir Tom, Tom Jones. Jones, Tom Jones, Tom Jones. They all quiver in their boots at the very sight and thought of one of the greatest creative minds. Of our time, ladies and gentlemen, it's Sir Adam Sandler at number 39 with Someone Kill Me. Okay, I just want to warn you that uh, when I wrote this song, I was listening to The Cure a lot, so. You don't know how much I need you. Hear me, I don't feel blue 
from Sandler, number 39 in the Triple J Hottest 100 of 1998. That's Somebody Kill Me. It is from the soundtrack to the 1998 movie The Wedding Singer, starring Drew Barryman. Wait, Drew Barrymore. Things that should have been brought to my attention <laughs> yesterday! <laughs> Guys, this is big. Much like Dennis Leary, we're talking about a non-musician getting very high up in a music poll. Yep. Like, so very high up. God bless uh, the yeah. hottest 100. <laughs> yeah. God, God bless so the I'm, voting I'm, audience I'm of quickly going to go... I'm flicking back through my Rolodex, so back from Adam Sandler to Adam Buncher. You guys are next to one another in my phone contacts. Oh, you don't have an Adam Frankston between the two? <laughs> I wish. I, would, I really... If there, oh, if, okay. if there is an Adam Frankston listening, Reach send me out. a number. Let's chat. Frankie. God, yeah, again. God bless Triple J. In the ultimate musical democracy in the world where any song that gets in is immortalised and it's captured canon. as a moment in time, you wonderful people deigned that Adam Sandler <laughs> should be here and that you, therefore we should talk about him. So, nice. It's been a really long time since I've seen The Wedding Singer, but I think this is the part where Godzilla's broken up with him. <laughs> I um I watched it for the first time last what night. Did you really? In preparation for this, that's so fucking funny. I was man. like, I've never seen it. I should probably see it. I'm gonna watch it. That's what you think? It was all right. It was it's, honestly a bit better than I thought it would it's, be. It's truly one of the finer Adam Sandler movies yeah. because he's not doing like yeah. he's, he's not the water boy. No, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Captain Insano shows no mercy. It's and, yeah. and it is still, all right. There's still enough of him. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> but yeah. have you ever seen Adam Sandler anything and gone like, could you do a bit more? <laughs> you know he, what he was great in? Uh, the Meyerowitz stories. Everybody has said that. He's and really I, good. I feel, I feel like everyone's owning me. No, I, no, yeah. he's like actually really good. Yeah. And um, Brain Over Me with Don yeah. Cheadle. He's also mm, really good in that. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, that movie is the 9-11 Adam Sandler movie, which could have been the greatest film of all time, <laughs> yeah. but, but is instead a serious movie. <laughs> <laughs> he sees the planes going, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh no, oh no, <laughs> I sent the planes the wrong way, you sent the planes the wrong way, I didn't know they were going to do that, I didn't know. Angry Sandler. I'm a first responder! Anyway, obviously, if you're going to open the door to novelty songs, you've got to take the somebody kill me as you take the assholes. But, like, oh God. It's easy to forget that, like, there was a period where. To a certain culture, Adam Sandler was like a countercultural kind of id, right? Like he was making silly, dumb things, and songs like "Somebody Kill Me," getting in here, like it, it speaks to a certain kind of punk rock id, right? Like it's just this like a super countercultural, play guitar like shit and scream like a dickhead. If Blink One Eight Two can get in, yeah, why not? Yeah, Adam, Sandler. Adam Sandler, yeah, Adam yeah, Sandler. And by this time, he was a megastar. Yeah, this, like- this is post Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, that's right. This, yeah. yeah, in a post Happy Gilmore landscape. Yeah. <laughs> Gilmore and Madison. So yeah, the big, yeah, the big two. The big two. <laughs> and the guitar tone's really good. <laughs> that's the thing, right? Yeah. The guitar yeah, tone's yeah. excellent. <laughs> it's, it sounds a bit like a cheap oh, trick. Hey, yeah. yeah. It, that, it just it, when it comes into the chorus, it's like, ooh, what is like, ooh, whatever, whatever amp you're playing through, whatever effects pedals you've got going on, my man. Yeah, you vibe on some Sonic Youth shit going on. My dude. Yeah, and like the chord progression kind of reminds me of Whole Wide World by Reckless Eric. When I was a young boy. Like, it's not entirely not funny. 
It's not. You know, as, as we were just playing it then, and like, adding Linda in that line. Like, the gag of the song being this really specific, targeted, petty, angry, upset, badly made song, and then performing that in front of another girl... <laughs> And prefacing it by saying I was listening to The Cure a lot. <laughs> you know what? It's As a good. joke, it's okay. it's yeah, pretty and, good. And the joke is that he wrote down, like, put a bullet in my... Like, he just kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it keeps and the going. joke is he talking about writing. Like, it's all... like yeah. it's, it's the same thing we're talking about with Ben Folds. It's, it's playing up the pettiness. And that's yeah. very funny because that stuff doesn't belong in breakup songs. Again, the 1998 countdown is continuing to deliver its little thematic couplets. Mm. Big time. Here we are again. Mm. Mm. Good thematic couplets. Coming out with the last two songs to talk about in this app. Mm, that's true. <laughs> oh, good forward sound. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. Stay tuned. Stay, yeah. I'm going to stay tuned. Don't yeah. move that dial. Don't, don't uh, hit that plus 15. plus 15. The song itself is the punchline to a moment in the. Do the we movie. Can think about it as like a separate entity? Yeah. Right. That's the thing. It's, it's kind of like someone voting in a scene from a movie yeah. it, to get into the hottest 100. Or well, the yeah. second half of a scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know Adam Sandler has done other music as well. He has like three or four comedy albums. Yeah, the Hanukkah thing. The Hanukkah mm. song. Yeah. Fine. Lots of Hanukkah. And the Thanksgiving song too. Yeah. yeah. But like, this is... I don't hate this. I don't, no, I certainly, I don't hate it I certainly being don't here. hate yeah. it being here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like it, Yeah, it's a product of its time. Yeah. Mm. I imagine that people were requesting it. Yeah, yeah probably, Because right? it would yeah, come yeah, out yeah, on yeah. the soundtrack, which like, you know... Like, yeah, if South Park can get in. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, precisely. Oh, I'm wondering now with all the like, because like the Disney's The Lion King live action remake. Oh, yeah. With, with, which Donald Glover's in, I mm. believe. So when he definitely... Black Panther soundtrack earlier this year as well. Like yeah. that was all Kendrick. <laughs> but I mean, like, are we going to get a bunch of like Disney... Are people going to be voting for Disney songs? Ooh. Is that gonna is that gonna happen? Because I mean, it's yeah, not I'm just. Yeah, I'm amazed how far I'll go didn't get the first one hundred. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that song slaps. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that might that might be the future. Well, there's been that we're facing one Bond theme. I think Jack White the and Jack Alicia White Keys. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song fucking slaps, man. It's so man. good, dude. Really good. Yeah, 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 that's up there as one of my favorite Bond themes. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad this song is here. Yeah. I would never choose to listen to this song. So, I, I, it's, it's crap, but also, like... But it is quite short. Yeah. And it's I think joke. on the day, like, you know, we were talking about... Always talk about the barbecue where mm. you're listening to this countdown. I think I would have just laughed that it got yeah. to number 39. Yeah. That's very funny. I would have sung along. Yeah, to, probably. To, yeah. to Linda. I would have yelled out Linda, for Linda. sure. Yeah. Right? Like, and again, just thinking about all the songs that it beat... It's funny, man. Beat like, a yeah. lot of songs. This beat a lot of really good songs. I'm just thinking about this for beat the first no, time. Beat No Surprises, yeah. Big Malibu. <laughs> it beat something from OK Computer. <laughs> it beat the uh, Rockefeller Skank, like... Triple J. Yeah. But, like, I'm glad this is here. Yeah. Like, that's it. Uh, yeah. And like yeah. you said, the guitar tone, like... It's, it's really it's, good. But I can't <laughs> overstate it. It's, really, it's a really good guitar tone. Yeah. In terms of, like, just a, a solo guitar. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Sandler, give me your specs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's your rig like, bro? What's your rig? Yeah. Yeah. I used to say better than yeah. Kevin Shields. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys did so much research for a wild guy from the wedding singer. Did the penguin show you that pedal? Yeah, <laughs> the penguin. Is that what happened? Oh Daddy? my god! <laughs> Good fucking god! At number thirty-eight, this. Is the mighty, mighty Boston's 
with the impression that I get. Boston's at number 38 in the 1998 Hot 100 with the impression that I get from the 1997 classic of third wave ska. Let's face it. Oh, that was a bit trumpet skeleton. (laughs) (laughs) Too spooky. He's my favourite ska artist. (laughs) Spooky scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. (laughs) I have a complicated relationship with my dad. We don't have heaps in common. He's a mad hetero dude who's like into like fishing and archery and casual racism and you know all that sort of shit i'm a weird bisexual dude that lives like super into like pro wrestling and like donkey kong and other weird obscure shit one of the things we have in common is how much we fucking love the money money bostones and we love this album he got it for father's day in 1998 and we used to listen to it all the time I have such a history with this album. Like, I know every word of this and every, every, I can mimic every horn part, every bass line, every backing vocal. Like, some people around this era, like, discovered Boston through Clueless, obviously. But for me, it all began here. It all began with this video. I'd never heard Scar before this. I knew, I knew nothing about it. I just knew that this was like a cool, rock song but it also had a saxophone and a trumpet i'm like that's so cool i wish there was more music like this and there was there was so much more (laughs) jesus christ i love scar there's just such a great energy turn it's impossible to be unhappy when you're listening to scar which is why i like to listen to scar so much it's mimetic obviously but like we just we just have so much fun with it and it's endearing and it's fun and it's joyous and it's celebratory even when a song like this can be kind of like fucked up in its own little way you know like there's a lot of mental anguish and shit like going on in this song there's like uncertainty and paranoia and you know indecision like there's a lot of like conflicted stuff going on here which is why he's clearly so angry about everything Ah! just he's furious it's about superstition in its own little way there's a lot of layering going on here but as a kid, you don't know any of that shit. You just think it's catchy as shit and you like the bam bam bam. You like the horns. You're like, wow, that's super cool. And then you discover madness and like, oh, so this is what the Mighty Mighty Bostones were doing. There's just a whole world that hinges on the impression that I get alone. So imagine just my glee to have this as a part of my life as a child. And the fact that, you know, it brought me closer to my dad in one weird kind of way. I do an acoustic version of this song and I've been doing that for a few years. 
It's and very good. Thank you. My dad came to see me uh, when I played with uh, uh, my very dear friend, Miss Jess Locke, uh, in Wollongong last year. Uh, and I was playing solo, and I played this song, and I dedicated it to my dad. And he didn't recognize it at first. And then when I started singing it, and he realized, and he was super, he was just like, oh, I can't believe you played that. You know, I love that song. And I was like, yeah, I fucking love that song too, dude. I love it a whole fucking lot. It reminds you of, like, the ways music can bring people together and the way that music can keep you going. It just fills my fucking heart with joy every time I hear this song. We talked about so many songs that are just, like, the jersey has completely been retired, right? You never need to go out of your way to hear that song again. I will go out of my way every single time to listen to the impression that I get. I will always listen to the impression that I get, and I will always love the impression that I get. It just means the absolute fucking world to me. I wanted to just get that out of my system before you guys say whatever you want to say about it. Honestly, hearing this song, it's one of those things where I'm like, were we as a people too hard on Scar? Because this song is incredibly well done. I'll give you a hint. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nuremberg trials for empty Scar. Yeah. Yeah. Taking five white friends to the Hague. (laughs) This... <laughs> this is incredibly good. The problem is that this was as best as this genre of music ever got to me. In terms of this kind of like mainstream pop ska music that just is bombastic and fun and danceable and infectious, this was the peak. The problem with ska is that everybody tried to do this again and it wasn't as fucking good. Mm-hmm. But this on its own, I don't want to blame it for the culture it influenced. It's just a fucking good song. It's it's super poppy. It's fun. It's really good to sing along to. His voice is fucking cool. The multiple horns work. There's a fair amount to dig about the impression that I get. Like it's just it's a punchline for the wrong reasons. I think the cool thing about the impression that I get is that it is the song that now means that everyone on earth knows one Scar song. It's That's, true. It's, it's true. Mm, like yeah. no matter at who, least one. Yeah. No matter who you are, it's like what Scar. It's the impression that I get. All oh, right, I know what Scar is. That's pretty cool. And Andrew, like I think you're probably correct. Without knowing that much other Scar, I mm. think there are other songs that stand outside of their genre as examples of that genre. But I don't know how many of them would serve the genre as well as the impression that I get does. Everything is a hook. All the hooks are great. One thing that I've never really kind of got, I've always listened to the chorus as being like, I've never had to knock on wood, but I'm starting to think there's commas there. I've never had to, comma, knock on wood, comma, because that makes more sense, because knock on wood is you saying like, I haven't broken my leg yet, knock on wood. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, or touch wood or whatever. Mm. Uh, I looked up the origin of that, by the way. What is um, it? It's, it's, it's based on, like, an old um, superstition where you, like, curry the favour of the wood spirits. So, ah. you, like, you used, to, you used to touch a tree, and you were like, you yeah, know, good luck from the wood the yeah, spirit right. of the wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, like, I've never, I've, I've, I've never been attacked in a forest. Thank, <laughs> knock on wood. Knock thanks, on, wood sp- thanks, wood spirits. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, yeah. That's, a, yeah. that's a real, like... Like dim movie foreshadowing guys. Like I've never been attacked in a forest. <laughs> Knock on wood. Like and then the tree hits him yeah, on the head. It's an end. Yeah. 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 And Adam Sandler's like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> I'm the wood end. <laughs> what the song is about is really cool as well. Like the, the insecurity of not knowing whether you're made of strong enough stuff to stand up to adversity when it inevitably comes your way. And also just like yeah, acknowledging that even if things are going well in your life you know there by the grace of God go I 
there's probably going to be something down the road that's going to test you, man. Like, there's some inevitable things that you're going to face that are going to suck. Like, I'd said, to turn that into an empowering, energetic celebration is pretty cool. There's nothing bad about the song. No, nothing at all. Like, it's the fact that it became a punchline and the scar became a joke and there's so many cliches about scar that were replicated. Like, there's only so many times that you can write essentially the same sounding song with upstrokes and horn punctuations. Yeah. That's the sucky part. The song just slaps. Mm. Yeah. I, um, just because, you know, I've been listening to the songs that we're going to talk about, like, a few times over the course of the week. Um, and obviously I've heard this song before, but... I imagine not having heard this song. That would be, be a like, What is that? Yeah. yeah. There'd be someone, and hey, it'd be wild to show it to them. If you, if this is you, let's go listen to the whole song for starters. I guess oh, yeah. lucky year, yeah, good to go. But also, like, let us know. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you are that person, we hi. But the the <laughs> most recent time I listened to it, I just had like a wave of of memory that like nearly physically like jolted me. This was on the Donkey Konga soundtrack. Like, or it was one of the songs oh on Donkey Konga. Oh, my God, dude. I just remembered right? wow. that. Yeah. It was the opening guitar that maybe... And I, like... Uh, which, if you don't know, was on the GameCube. Um, <laughs> it was a Nintendo GameCube game that came with a big... A bongo uh, peripheral controller. Yeah. 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 This is and not it, the first time we've talked about no, Donkey Konga on this podcast. Which is so good. <laughs> That's what I thought so. Yeah. Believe it or not, we talked about it heaps in season four, That's where we so also good. talked about Donkey, Donkey Kong a lot. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, fair enough then. <laughs> anyway, this was on the soundtrack for that. Yeah, it was. I used to love playing it on that. Yeah, One yeah. of the better songs on that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in, in life's soundtrack. In, in the soundtrack of life. <laughs> the soundtrack yeah. of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's really great? These guys were originally called the Boss Tones, and then they found out that there was another a cappella group Owned. called <laughs> the Boss Tones, and they were like, we gotta oh. love that. And a bartender just said, like, well, why don't you just add Mighty Mighty in front of your name? And that's, that's, why they, that's why they're called Mighty Mighty the Boss Tones. <laughs> <laughs> but it really is that easy, guys. Like, yeah. if, you, if you've started a band, and you realize that there's another band that has that name, just... Mm. Add Mighty Mighty. Just own them. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like our... Mighty um, Mighty Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best name for a band. That's I so fucking good. Heard. The Mighty Mighty Beatles. The Mighty Mighty Beatles. We have to start and like, that. Not at all a Scar or Beatles pop style band. No. The band's are called the Mighty Mighty Beatles. Yeah. Experimental, yeah. like, death grip style underground hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. your favourite uh, made up band name, dear listener? <laughs> at us. At us. Yeah. At, you know where... Us. Gmail. Also, <laughs> if we should follow them at iTunes.com with a five-star review. Yeah. Ghostbuster Rhymes. Good one. Oh, that's, that's sick. Good. Mighty, mighty, hottest one hundreds and thousands. Hey! <laughs> Cancelled. <laughs> and that's don't, the tea. Don't, um, don't start that podcast. Thread, you guys. Um, <laughs> at number 37, this is The Whitlam's with Buy Now, Pay Later, Charlie number two. You're not my Charlie anymore You're screwing it up You're killing your soul With an audience looking on If I hadn't left early last night I would have made a speech to you You're not the only one You're going to hurt If you don't believe me I don't believe in you if you don't believe me, I don't believe in you Makes it all feel better, does it? 
You loved it and you spent accordingly. You can't afford it now. You can't afford it now. You can't afford it now. You try and you fail and love it like a little dog and feed it on the scraps you find and kiss it while you're still asleep. You buy now, pay later. That's the Whitlam's and number 37 in the 1998 Hottest 100. Buy now, pay later, Charlie, number two. Look, Nathan, I'm sorry we've been saddling you with all these Whitlam songs, dude. It's fine. It's my, my pleasure. I serve, well, I serve up, it the pleasure of now, Mr. Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's disappointing Bit of a that bum note to go out on. A but, little bit. A yeah. little bit. Well, it's also just disappointing that the voting audience couldn't get their act together, get all three Charlie songs in, in the right order. Yeah, right? come on. Come on, we'll on talk guys. About Three and then two, and that's it. Spoiler: We're not going to talk about one, yeah, which this, I really this, like and I think is underrated. Clearly, because not in this countdown. Yeah, <laughs> true. This is a real strike against the idea of Dickie Kingsmill being a conspiratorial genius. That's true. If he was, they'd all be in there, but yeah. he's not. No. Is this a false flag? That's oh. it. it. It is proof that he is a conspiratorial genius because it's, it's planted here. Yeah, it's one right. of the most obvious off. moves for him, and uh, he didn't make it. Charlie is a crisis actor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a, yet another track from Eternal Nightcap, the fifth we've talked about from this album, part of the trilogy. It's almost half the record. No, it's like 17 songs on that album. Oh, no, any half the record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not even a third. <laughs> the math checks out. It's by a fraction. <laughs> this is, uh, so we talked about number three, which is kind of the culmination of the story of Charlie. Mm-hmm. The first song is very much about the friendship, and the third one is kind of Charlie on on their own mm. and this is I guess a song about distance and trying to speak to someone who can't or won't listen it, this is the most heartbreaking one it's pretty it's so fucking it's sad <laughs> it's cause I mean like what is more heartbreaking than giving up on someone loving someone but then just going like I can't help you I don't believe in you and on the other side of that like it's so heartbreaking going like I can't help push people away I want to be helped I need help I recognise that I can't fix myself but the state that I'm in is so dire that like I'm actively distancing myself from people like I because it's it's not the the point of view of this song is not a perfect place of support for someone like battling addiction no, like, no. but it's fully like, and that's the thing. Like, like I'm sure we all have various people, you know, and this, you listen there as well. I'm sure you, don't, if you don't think you know someone who's struggling with it, or who has, has struggled with addiction, they've just hidden it from you. People, every, you will know a friend who has struggled at some point. And the thing is, with when you try to help someone with addiction, you and or someone who's tr- battling anything, there, there's, there's a point where you can't anymore, and that isn't a failing on you or a failing no. on them. It's just, it's just humanity. There's a point where you can no longer keep saying. Yes, I'll pick you up when you need it, when you need a lift, when you're too high or you're too drunk or you're too sad or whatever. There's a point where you can no longer do that because it's it's killing you. And you, mm. you, you there's a point where you are you physically unable to. You might want to like when t- in this song, Tim says, "When I leave the night early or whatever, like I'd like to help you, but I'm not staying out all night. Yeah. You want to go do heroin or whatever? Yeah. Like 
it sucks, man. Like, it's so, this is so sad. Like, you know that the tough love has come just before this. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. There's, there's, there's been a point where, like, you've, where Charlie's been sat down, yeah. slapped across the face, and be like, it's time for you. You need to sort this yeah, out. You, I, I don't My want dude. to lose you. And yeah. there's probably been, like, small victories that have come from that, but yeah. it's just, you know. Charlie, you're not my Charlie anymore. Like, oh, that's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. devastating. Yeah. What, what's the chorus? The believe? The, what's the wording of it? If um, you don't believe me, I don't believe, believe in you. you. Ugh. Ugh. My heart only has so much space for knives, man. That's so it's, grim. Yeah. You loved it and you spent wow. accordingly, but you can't afford it now. <laughs> so, you'll try and you'll fail. Like, it's so heavy. Like, yeah. even, even hearing yeah. this as a kid, it fucked me up. Yeah. Like, it's amazingly well written. Yeah. Oh, it's, Fucking stellar. I mean, and like, and I speak from the lyrical point of view, but also that piano line is gorgeous. Yeah, it's really yeah, nice. it's like beautiful piano ballad with some like lovely string support. Yeah, like we've spoken about with certain songs that are on the other end of the spectrum to this that are like the id and like the dumb you turn off your brain you have a lizard brain just enjoy a song kind of thing and yeah. you don't want to overanalyze it because you just enjoy it because it's fun. But this, I feel like, it's almost too much to possibly. Evaluate in this context. Like I know that we've spoken about other heavy songs and other beautiful songs yeah, and other yeah. sad songs. And I'm not, not that this is necessarily the best or most moving or whatever, or not, not that it's necessarily not that either. But it's so difficult to want to be able to delve into this because it, all it is, it's all there. There's nothing about this that you have to delve into. It's just this sad fucking song about this miserable point in Tim or like the protagonist's mm. life where their friend is at the point where not beyond help, but you can see beyond help coming very soon and trying to deal with that as a friend and as someone who you say to yourself, okay, I can't be friends with this person anymore because I don't exist. It's a different person now. Yeah. And it, it, evaluating that and critiquing that, like, yes, the piano is beautiful and the string company is great. It's wonderful just when Tim allows Whitlam songs to just be a stripped back piece of piano music because he is a beautiful pianist mm. and it's great when they can do that and of course you do that with songs that, that you select to be the emotional core of your songwriting ability like this but evaluating it and discussing it and critiquing it it feels like it's not on and particularly because it, mm. it was written about a real person like it was yeah, yeah. the fact but, that it was written about Tim's friend is just like yeah. and that people knew about that yeah. like we talked a little bit mm. about it when we discussed like Hole and Foo Fighters mm-hmm. but like writing for a lot of people like songwriting is how you process things and how you communicate yourself and like doing that about private matters that have become public i can't begin to imagine what that must feel like and playing this like he's been playing this for 20 years yeah yeah. and i can't imagine it would get any easier that's got to be helpful though i think you think i think potentially yeah i reckon i I think if you could expression I, I think if you could play it, it would be very helpful. Yeah. But I understand yeah. fully if, like, if you, I know I know some songwriters, they write a song that's so personal and they record it, but they just say, I, I can't ever play that for live. Sure. And that's I understand that entirely. Yeah. And so if, I, if this was one of those songs, I would get that. And I think, you know, because, like, you think about The Curse Stops Here as well, yeah. which yeah. we mentioned before, and that, like, that defiance, I think, to me, implies that it does help. Well, the only- to have these songs and to, to perform these songs and to share them with people. I, I can't speak for creation and writing so much, but I know that, you know, like, I've done acting in my past and sometimes working with material that's really close to me personally in terms of, you know, what I was portraying or dealing with there, 
has been the most rewarding and, and cathartic to put that out. Like actually going there and actually put it, you know, being vulnerable and, and bearing myself in that way. So I, I, I'm potentially it's a cathartic thing. Yeah, potentially it is a similar thing. Yeah, it's one of the like I, I think if you could do it and treat it as meditation or as worship right. and that kind right. of overcoming that, that'd be very beneficial. But I also would never like if like I'm not the Whitlam's expert here, but if you guys were to tell me like oh, it turns out he's never actually played this one live, that wouldn't, wouldn't surprise, surprise me at all. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's not the case, but yeah. Yeah, I really want to say something about as a takeaway. You know, yeah, this kind of situation is really sucky and sad, but here's something to remember about it that makes it okay. Mm. I just can't think of it. It's near one of those things. Yeah, and we have fun on this podcast, but sincerely. Like, some of us, you know us as friends, and some of us you just know as voices on a weekly podcast talks about yeah. music. But if this is something that is close to you in terms of addiction or a friend like that, and you do just want to talk to somebody that you know or indeed don't know if that could be helpful, you do know where to contact us, and please message us, because we want to be able to help. This is a serious thing, and I'm not going to yeah. joke. Yeah, please do. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I've got all the time in the world for that. Absolutely. I mean, and if nothing else, it's just like... Show going back to what you're talking about with the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, DJ, you know, whether it's like personal relationships or whatever, it's like songs like this popping up in context, like this just speaks to the ability of music to, yeah, you know, when we, when we talk about music, we're talking about more than music, yeah. With listening to this for prep, I was, um, I was drinking, I was having a whiskey, and it made a whiskey taste incredibly bad, oh. yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, this is bitter now, man, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like I said, I can remember hearing this song when I got Eternal Nightcap probably early high school like I knew some of the songs obviously but I'd never gotten the full album I don't think I really understood the weight of like what he was talking about but obviously now you know I've spent so many years with that song and with you know people I could have easily sung that song too and this is like one of the best songs Tim has ever written it's just a really beautiful really really special song the interesting thing for me about the Whitlams is that there is so much triumph and tragedy in their story. For every hamburgers and every thank you for loving me at my worst, you have to, you know, go through songs like Shining and songs like Charlie Number 2, and they're in equal amounts, like, across their discography. You know, they have upbeat, fun, jazzy sort of songs, but they also have, you know, very quietly broken and devastating songs. Like, there's always been that kind of duality and, and subsequent disparity within the canon of the Whitlams, and I love the fact that they are able to channel both throughout their whole career. When I, when I come to this song, like, yeah, you couldn't add much more than, than the string quartet. Like, this is a very directly you know, personal note. Even even the strings occasionally feel like they're intruding. Mm. Like, you know, that this mm. is just someone sitting at the piano, talk, like, singing to themselves. Yeah, that's interesting, though. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's just how intimate this song feels, you know, and there's a lot to be said about that. It's a remarkable, remarkable composition from someone that, uh, yeah, we all, we all admire as a songwriter, unquestionably. Sorry to keep the vibe at a low, guys, but, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, we have to kind of deal with some of these songs, you know, at, at times, and uh, this isn't going to lighten the mood at all. Like, uh, we have to, yeah, we we got to get through this one as well, so let's just, it's a band-aid, people. we got to rip it off. This is, this is tism. Uh, this is, this is serious, mum. This is very serious. This so is, nice. this is what are you coming in at number 36. Choice. So who is your 
26 in the 1998 Hardest 100 with What Are Ya? Andrew! David. I think I know the answer. Yeah, definite wanker. <laughs> um, we're all yeah, wankers. We're all wankers. Yes, we're all wankers. Yeah. 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 You know this, that. That's yeah. the same yeah. yeah, question. I know some yobs. I'm a bit yeah. of a yob. You one or the other. Yeah. Uh, okay, make, fuck it. I am a yob. Uh, fuck you guys. Make your Not choice. Not reference tism in this podcast, but make your fucking make choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll send up for yobs. I'll, I'll be the yob representative, Not the advocate, this, if you will. Uh, okay. Yeah. This is uh the kind of the actually wasn't the lead single, but it, it is like kind of the exemplary single from the. Uh, record that came after Machiavelli and the Four Seasons which was their big hit record they had Old Man River on there and stuff and Greg the Stop Sign this record is called www.tism.wanker.com the theme of that record is dividing Australian society into either yobs or wankers and so you all get tarred as the song says mm. I'm sure this is probably not your first episode of the podcast but if it is Nathan and I have a very 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 special relationship to Tism they are a band that are so important to both of us I'm going to speak for you here Please. Um, that are <laughs> so important to both of us that when, when, I, when I think of favourite bands I don't think of Tism because they are too big to me to be considered a band yeah. they are beyond yes which is ridiculous for these seven anonymous Wanker. wankers yeah. <laughs> um, yeah fucking wankers yeah. But, fuck. like, when I think of things that have like coloured my world view yeah I think like, of Tism irreparably it's like Tism yeah. this is really funny because it was reverse engineering for me I knew you guys and your sense of humour before I listened to Tism and I'm just like did, did these guys make this? No, yeah. the other way around Tism made you yeah. um, As a song it's just kind of like like the, the opening lacing there in the left channel saying I'm a wanker and in the right channel saying I'm a yob I'm a yob I'm a wanker and it's just distorted in your he hearing um, and then the disco beat comes in and vocals by Humphrey B. Flaubert just um in a kind of semi crooning way in this until the yeah until like the falsetto what are you yobble wanker chorus yeah but just like the funny fucking lyrics man are like who's your favorite genius James Heard or James Joyce the fact that I had to look up who James Heard was <laughs> answered the question for me uh, well, I didn't know who either of those people were when uh, I heard their song yeah. so you do now yeah. though right. <laughs> Yes. Footballer and writer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you've ever seen a live performance, join the wanker club. If you thought I meant tabletop dancing, you're a yobbo, bub. It's so fucking funny to me. These guys are just the snide larrikin punk on the back of the bus that is Australian music. And they were so fucking important to have that voice that was just being that kind of funny, raucous super super smart punk idea and just do it with drum machines and disco beats this is not even one of the best Tism songs but I fucking love it so hard it's just so I much fun I reckon it is yeah, just right. quietly yeah this is my first exposure to Tism. Yep. It is so scary. <laughs> I am watching yeah. this at about six in the morning I, this is on that famed night of uh Getting up at like two or three in the morning and just watching Rage for hours upon hours. Origin Story Night. The very oh, same. Radioactive ba Rage Night. Yeah, Batman <laughs> Begins. Yeah. And this was a radioactive spider that bit me square on the dick. Like, <laughs> oof. I remember it starting and I thought, oh, did I change the channel? Like, is 
chat is like a rope. And then I saw these guys in balaclavas, and the only thing that I'd had associated with balaclavas at that point was robbers, uh, because we there was that crime show, like Australian Crime Stoppers or whatever the fuck, and they'd like do reenactments and shit on that show. And so I was massively triggered and entirely terrified. Can you describe the video if people haven't seen it, please, David? It's aerobics old style, uh, so which was a famed uh, aerobics show in the early 90s, early to mid-90s, which carried on. Uh, most people in our generation know it as the pre-Cheese TV show. Which is I like, got up too early. And Cheese TV had, like, all the best cartoons on it. Dragon Ball Z. Pokemon. And Digimon. Digimon. Techaman Blade. Techaman Blade, yeah. yeah. Spider-Man, the animated series. Mm, X-Men, the animated series. But the video for this... Yes. Uh, <laughs> is uh, Aerobics on style Yeah, like a parody. Like a parody of it. And the members of TISM are in the background... Eventually, they start losing interest, and uh, they pull in a couch and a TV, and again, crack some tinnies. watch yeah, the footy and crack tinnies, <laughs> and that's and that's the video. And while all the, the top- main aerobics show Instructor is still going, yeah, he's still giving like, all right, stick it up, guys, two step, <laughs> and that's playing over the song. <laughs> that's why Tism were the best thing to come out of Australia. It's <laughs> so fucking good, man. Yeah, yeah. Adam? So- I mean, obviously, yes. Like, yeah. all, all, all the things that you Could you, you imagine? Said, what am I going to add to this? Imagine said no. Don't blaspheme our religion. <laughs> Carefully, right? What I really love is how Tism always self-implicate. They always tar themselves with the, with the brushes that they're tarring everyone else with as well. Like, no one is too good, including themselves. It's silly... Utterly, utterly silly, but underneath, you look at what they're actually getting to the crux of, and it's like, you know what, like, there's something in that, man, like... Yeah, particularly with Australian masculinity. Mm, Yeah. Australian problematic masculinity, and that's the thing, right, it's like like, the woke ally who secretly is also like, yeah, you should sleep with me, babe, that kind of dickhead. Like, that's the... My dude. Yeah, my dude. Like, the the split of, like... (laughs) As in, like, not as in he's my dude, as in, like, I'm intervening, saying my dude. That's what my dude is, yeah. Yeah. Mm, Um, Fucking that. The shithead bad problems of Australian masculinity can be divided into yobos, i.e. women bashing hooligans and wankers, i.e. like act like an ally and then be like, oh, well, where's my where's my hug? Well, like, I, I deserve sex, that kind of bullshit guy. That's the wanker. And the yob is the wife bashing hooligan. It's fucking tism, man. But also, <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is serious. <laughs> but it also highlights the problem with like tribalism. Yeah, way, as well, because, you know, and, and we're seeing tribalism become more of a problem, I think, more than ever now because of, you know, echo chambers on the internet, etc, etc. And, you know, like forming your identity around the people that you belong with unquestioningly um you know that's in there as well but also like labeling on the other side of that whilst whilst obeying that kind of tribalism blindly is bad but so too is like labeling and creating those tribes from the outside all of that is contained within a song whose chorus is what are you your Yo wanker, wanker. <laughs> sung by men in balaclavas <laughs> while there's an aerobics instructor in front of them yeah, yeah. and a super a fun guitar riff. riff yeah they, and they managed That's to a great managed to rhyme you with wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, like one of the things that Tism always did incredibly well was marry high and lowbrow and so this song well that's why you know like you it's in their names right that's what I found so interesting when you told me the members that like Humphrey B Flaubert, Flaubert. Yeah. yeah it's like Humphrey B Bear and Flaubert yeah. like Ron Hitler Barassi like yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and the uh John Saint Penis <laughs> huge that's a okay <laughs> 
But that's like, and that's what this song, you know, like you said, the line James Hurd or James Joyce, like that's Tism. It's yeah, it's having a literary reference and a sporting reference in the same line. They exist in both of those worlds organically. Yeah, like they, the, the 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 irony is that they are probably both Yobs and Wankers themselves. Totally. Yeah. Like they yeah. like Ron was an English uh, lecturer, wrote a history novel, wrote a history novel, loved AFL. Like yeah. they yeah. were. Mm those things this time I do have a takeaway message from the song and that's the thing it's just like guys you don't need to say I am this kind of person I can't enjoy whatever explore as much as you can try and meet people on the level of why they enjoy certain things and you know you'll probably be better for it you know you don't need to construct your identity around labels and shit Mm. hell yeah dude the only only lady you need is tism my dude (laughs) yeah yeah That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. And thanks to you. Thanks for just being you. Somebody has to do it. I'm glad that you're doing it. Yob or wanker. Yeah. Yeah. Across the yob wanker divide. (laughs) We're glad you're here. It's been a ride, guys. Yeah. Adam Sandler. (laughs) Emotions. Scar. This is a Whitlam song to really, really disrupt the (laughs) Yeah. Song for the dump, somebody kill me, impression that I get, and then the fucking saddest song in the world, and then Tism. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this ride. Searing highs and crushing lows. That's the hottest 100s and thousands podcast for you. Like Adam Sandler's career. <laughs> I think I'm going to watch an Adam Sandler film tonight. Uh, hell yeah, dude. I think I'm just going to. Fuck yeah. Make it a good one. Make it Pumps for a Glove. It's a delight. Oh, that is a great oh, movie. Oh, that's a great oh, the, film. That's yeah, a movie. one. The Myers. Uh, before we get out of here, we're going to rank our favourite and our least favourite Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> my favourite would probably have to be Happy Gilmore, and my least favourite would probably have to be Jack and Jill. Of the ones that I've... Like, yeah, Jack and Jill's the worst, it's, and, it's, and it's my carryover chump. Um, and my fave... Uh, it's, it, I don't know if it counts as a silly movie, but Punch Rock Love. Like, oh, and 110% counts. Yeah, he, he's in it. But, like, Dude, he's the lead role. No, I know, but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a Happy Madison production. It's directed uh, by... It's not canon, yeah. yeah. Anderson. I haven't right. seen that, but I like. Right. I'd probably pick my, the Maya yeah. stories, but that's not. Oh really my god! Our... Could you imagine fucking um, Sandler and there will be blood? <laughs> Drink a milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite from this F is Tism, and it's my new champ, obviously. Obviously, yeah. uh, but my least fave. I'm gonna say Ben Folds worse than Adam Sandler. <laughs> uh, woof. <laughs> Nah, Sandler's the worst. But I'm glad it's here, but as a song, it's the crappiest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my chum you guys, definitely You guys also have to do your favourites and your least favourite Adam Sandler Adam movies. Adam uh, Happy Gilmore favourite. Yeah. I haven't seen Jack and Jill. Lucky you. Would I? So I think it's Little Nicky as least favourite. <laughs> that movie's sick. That movie whips ass, dude. It's got Ozzy Osbourne in it. It's All sick. Right. <laughs> he wouldn't say yes to anything. Oh, right? <laughs> um, fav- uh, new Champ is uh, what I... Uh, yeah, I guess Adam Sandler song... Yeah, is the least favourite, but I'll stick with Metallica as my chump. I'm going to say Billy Madison is my favourite. Good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Least fave? I can't think of any other Adam Sandler films, though. <laughs> Fucking casual. Oh, hang on. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a That is a woofer. Yeah. That is a fucking woofer of I'm a sorry. film. My favourite song mm. uh, from this episode. Um, I'm going to actually go Charlie. Nice. That's yeah. fair, man. It's just yeah, really, good call. It's yeah. just like, man. Um, Champ it? 
No, not Champanet. Uh, keep and do the evolution as my champ. Sick. And my least favorite is Somebody Kill Me, mm. but it's not worse than drinking in LA. Nah, nothing is. That guitar tone. Yes. Oof. Deej. Um, well, uh, yeah, uh, Somebody Kill Me, f- uh, fifth favorite. Can anyone have a wild guess as to what I'm picking? <laughs> It's a tough one, like you Tism. know, stiff competition this Could week. Be stones. Mm, I, I think it's got to be those stones, baby. And uh, we have a new two-tone champ, Scar Lives. Oh yeah, dude. Until the next Scar song comes into the countdown. Oh, yeah, thirty-five more to go, people. Mm. We're getting real sharp and pointy. So uh, until then, folks, on behalf of Little Nicky. Little Nicky. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> no, he he talked like this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen it. On behalf of Mr. Bobby Boucher. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> and on behalf of both Jack and Jill. Rate it five stars! <laughs> My name is the Zohan. Don't mess with me. Everything is good for you. Linda. 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 <laughs> Drag her at him. <laughs> Give me my money back. <laughs> oh, that is some extremely cursed content. Oh, huge. <laughs>